Life as we know it won't last forever. So when you think about the second coming of Christ, how does it make you feel? Are there things about the second coming of Christ that you find difficult to understand? Well, guess what? You are not alone. So join us for The End, a new series starting right now. Life has its ups and downs. Life can be fun. Life is sometimes hectic. And life is full of choices. Welcome to Venture, the podcast that brings the biblical truth to the ventures that we face in this world and live in today. Hey everybody, welcome back to another Venture Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Wills, lead pastor at Chandler Acres Church in Bellevue, Nebraska. And as always, so thankful that you are joining us, uh, listening to uh, this podcast. We thank you for downloading this episode. Uh, We're excited about this new series. It's called The End. Um, We're talking about the second coming of of Christ. We're going to be walking through a little bit of the book of Revelation. Uh, Not the whole thing. Uh, There's a lot there. And so we can't touch base with all of it, uh, but we're just going to kind of hit on the high points over uh, the next few weeks uh, of going through that. Hey, uh, before I get started, though, um, man, if you like what we're doing here at Venture Podcast, we would love for you to be praying for us and and just uh, kind of like um, our episodes and and make sure you put comments down and share us with uh, other people that you know might want to listen to what we share here on Venture Podcast and. And as always, uh, if, uh, if it deems necessary or you would like to or from the heart, uh, if you would like to be a patron and, and help us out uh, financially, uh, that would be awesome too. And uh, we'll give you the details of how to be able to do that at the end of uh, the episode. So, hey, let's, let's hit it off. Uh, so what we want to do is we, we want to go over for the next few weeks, we want to talk about what a lot of people are talking about. Uh, many people are asking question, questions about what's going to happen when Christ returns. Is there going to be an end of the world, and are we living in the end times right now? Uh, I hear that a lot. Uh, well, So let me be real transparent to you all. Uh, the world is going to end. Let me just share that with you, okay? At some point, the world is going to end. We just don't know how it's going to end and when it's going to end. Some people think it's going to end with apocalyptic floods. Uh, others think that another planet's going to hit Earth and destroy us. Some believe that we're going to be seared by the heat of the sun because we get too close. Uh, some people think that aliens are going to come and overtake this world. Uh, but I agree with a small but reputable group. It's just a small but reputable group that believes that we're going to be destroyed by evolving cats that get thumbs and take over the world. Just, just putting that out there. <laughs> right? Uh, no, we won't be destroyed by uh, evolving cats that get thumbs. They'll get whole fingers and everything. No, no, I'm just playing. Uh, well, obviously, um, we're just joking about those things. But Jesus said, no one knows the day or the hour. That's what it said. Jesus knows, Jesus says, no one knows the day or the hour. No one knows. So today, I, I kind of want to start building a foundation. Okay, so uh, we're going to be in First Thessalonians 4, and uh, we're just going to kind of go walk through that a little bit, and we'll be bouncing back a little bit on some other verses, but but that's mainly where we're going to be. It's First Thessalonians chapter four. And for those of you that may say, you know, I'm not really a Christian, I'm not a Bible person, I'm not religious, you know, I'm not a churchgoer, I don't listen to a lot of Christian podcasts, 
Uh, you may be uh, looking at what we're saying and talking about today going, well, this is going to be weird. This is, sounds kind of weird. And let me just be upfront with you. You're right. Uh, it is weird. In fact, uh, students of the Bible claim that about 20% of more of the Bible is actually directly or indirectly related to prophecy. It's predicting what's going to come in the future. And the events we're talking about today are, are weird, just like the Old Testament prophecies that prophesize that, that Jesus would come born of a virgin, right? If that happened today, we would still question that, right? We would, we would wonder you know, what's going on. And all these prophecies, whether you believe Jesus is Lord or not, you kind of have to admit uh, he did come. And, and there are a lot of skeptics who look at these weird prophecies and say, wow, there's no way this could have been fulfilled if there wasn't a God. There are a lot of skeptics who have been transformed by the oddities of these prophecies. And, and what's crazy is that there are five times as many prophecies about the second coming of Jesus as there were about the first coming of Jesus. And, and so we're going to look at some of those things in the, in the next couple of weeks. So there are a lot of different uh, interpretations. Some people will believe some things, some will believe others. I'm going to simply give you uh, mine. Uh, I'm going to tell you what I believe about certain things based on what I've studied, uh, what's been taught to me uh, through Scripture, you know. Um, but here's the deal. There, there are sincere Christians on all sides of these issues, uh, including yourselves maybe. And, and so let's just make it really clear as we go through this. Um, you know, I don't want to cause fights. Uh, we just want to be able to talk about this stuff and and I will. I promise you, I will stay as close to Scripture as I can, as I can do, and see what it says. Okay, we'll just try to follow Scripture, uh, what we what we know and learn from that. Okay, so like I said, we're going to lay a foundation today. Uh, next week, we're going to be looking at what happens after Jesus returns, according to Scripture. Where do we go as Christians? What's heaven like? How are we judged versus those who are not Christians? And and we'll look at heaven and what eternity will be like and uh, all that kind of stuff. And then in the third week, uh, we're going to take a kind of a, a survey of the book of Revelation, okay? And, and, and I'm going to pick what I consider to be the most important verses that deal with the end times, okay? And hopefully answer uh, a bunch of questions that you guys uh, might have, okay? Um, so here's the deal. Uh, today we're in First Thessalonians chapter 4. Uh, I want to give you the context of what we're going to study, uh, these first century Christians were so convinced that Jesus was returning. They just knew he was coming back at any moment. Like, you know, it's, it's the weekend. Jesus is crucified and risen, you know, and now they're thinking he's coming back, you know, like Monday or Tuesday, right? And, and they were freaking out because their relatives and their loved ones who had already died and were believers, they're wondering, are they going to miss out on what is to come? And so Paul was writing 1 Thessalonians 4 to kind of explain what would happen to those people. Okay, So Paul says, you know, verses 13 through 18, Brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death, so that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind, who have no hope. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again, and so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. According to the Lord's word, we tell you that we who are still alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. 
After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. And that's what I want to do today. I want to encourage you with this truth as we look at three reasons we as Christians have hope. Okay, and the first reason is the that Christ is coming again. Okay, the return. Christ is coming again. In fact, Jesus himself talked about this in John 14, 3. Jesus said, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. And Jesus said, I will return. I'm coming back. This was his uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger moment. He said, I'll be back, you know, and, and Jesus said, I will come back. And so in the early church, they were so excited about the return of Jesus that they actually had a greeting that they would use with each other. When we see somebody, our greeting might be, you know, uh, hey, you know, what's up, dude? Uh, you know, give a handshake. Man, right now, COVID, it's fist bumps and, and elbow bumps and those types of things. Or we might say, what's happening? What's going on? Well, their greeting, when they would see each other, they would grab the hand of the other believer and say with faith in their eyes, Maranatha. And what that means is our Lord is coming. Our Lord is returning. And there was this deep sense of anticipation from Christian to Christian. Maranatha, he's coming back. We should be anticipating it. In fact, there's scripture that says those of you that can't wait for him to come back, there's the reward of a crown for those who long for the Lord's returning. The problem is most of us probably won't get that crown because people are so in love with this world that they don't long for the return of Christ. Maranatha, he's coming back. In fact, let's look again at what Paul said in verse 14 of Thessalonians chapter 4. He says, for we believe that Jesus died and rose again, and so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. Now, what does that mean? Does that mean that you have permission to fall asleep during a worship service and have a better chance that Jesus will take you with him? No, that's not what it means, right? It's just kind of a poetic way of saying dead, <laughs> okay? That's what it means. It's those who have died. And as Christians, we don't technically die forever because we'll live with God. And so it's kind of a poetic way to say that they're asleep in Jesus, all right? So let's look at verse 16 now, okay? Uh, for the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. To me, this is great, right? The Lord himself will come down. Now, remember, God spoke and created the world, right? And there were times when God would, would, would whisper too as well, right? Well, this time when Jesus returns, what's going to happen? Well, there's going to be a loud command, and the voice of the archangel Michael is going to shout, and the trumpet of God will blare. Why? Well, because the greatest victory in the history of the world demands the greatest shout from our Lord, right? The greatest victory demands the greatest shout. The trumpet of God sounds, the archangel cries, the Lord shouts, and, and what happens? The Bible says, and the dead in Christ will rise first. The dead in Christ will rise first. Who are the dead in Christ? Well, remember, Paul was talking to the Thessalonian believers and said, hey, your loved ones who are Christians and died, they're going to go first. They're going to rise first. Now, this is where some people get confused. And so I want to kind of go slow and say, it appears to be very clear, right? If we read scripture, that there will be two resurrections. There's the first resurrection and the second re resurrection, right? 
The first resurrection is for those who are Christians who will be raised from the dead. The second resurrection is for those who are Christians and still alive. The non-Christians will be judged at the great white throne judgment. So it's in my opinion that you will not be there if you're a Christian. Only non-Christians will be there. And they'll be judged for their works, which we learned last week in our last series of Red Letters. We, we will not be good enough. And when their name is not found written in the God's book, then they will be punished eternally, separated from God, and destined for a real place called hell. So let's talk about the first resurrection a little bit. The, the resurrection of those who are Christians and are already dead, right? Scripture talks about it this way in Revelation 20, uh, verse 6. It says this, Blessed and holy are those who share in the first resurrection. The second death has no power over them, but they will be priests of God and of Christ and will reign with him for a thousand years. If you're a part of the, the first resurrection, the second death has no power over you. Well, what does that mean? Well, someone said this, and I, and I like, uh, like the, way it's, it, the way it's said, right? Here's what it says. Here's what they said. You can be born once and die twice, or you can be born twice and die once. Let me say it again. You can be born once and die twice, or you can be born twice and die once. Well, what does that mean? Well, all of us have been born one time, right? Right? We've all been physically born. Your mama screamed. She pushed you out. The doctor spanked you. You were born once, right? Okay? So if you're only born one time, you will die twice. You would die a physical death, right? We all die at some point in our lives, old age, uh, sicknesses, accidents, whatever. And then you'll stand before God and you would die an eternal spiritual death. So you'd die twice, right? The good news is if you're born twice, you only die once. And you might say, well, how in the world can we be born twice? Well, Jesus said to Nicodemus in John 3 that a person can be born again. You can be born a second time. Well, how is that? Can we enter back into our mother's womb? Probably not, right? I guarantee moms are going to be like, no, that's not going to happen, right? <laughs> okay? No, you're born spiritually, and you had a physical birth, and now you have a spiritual birth. When you call on Jesus, you are spiritually born anew. Your old life is gone, forgiven, transformed, made completely new. It's a new life. It's a second life, right? Now, a lot of people go around and they say, YOLO, right? Uh, who knows what YOLO is, right? YOLO is you only live once. And that's what people say before they do something really stupid, if we're really honest, right? YOLO, that was stupid. Okay. But anyway, you only live once. Now, if you're a Christian, I'm going to give you the worst dad joke ever. You ready? You can say YODO, okay? You know what that is? You only die once. Pow, pow, you know, horrible joke. I know, but anyway, so so what do we have? We have the return of Jesus Christ, and, and he's coming again, right? The second thing is we have the rapture. And so what is the rapture? Well, the rapture is when living Christians are taken away, okay? Let's see what our text says. Look, look at verse 17 again. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Basically, after the dead in Christ rise first, if that happens in our lifetime and you're a believer and follower of Jesus, we who are still alive will be caught up. Now, this word caught up comes from the Greek word harpazo, and it means to be seized, to be snatched. It means to be rescued. And this is what scripture says. Those who are still alive will be snatched away, right? You'll be, you'll be rescued, harpazo, okay? In fact, there are generally four different beliefs about this rapture, this, this, this caught up, this, this snatched, okay? Uh, 
and, and we people debate this back and forth. There's what's known as uh, pre-trib or pre-tribulation, right? These all are, are short-term for that. Uh, mid-tribulation, mid-trib, mid-trib, post-trib, and pan-trib, okay? Pre-trib would be those who believe that Christians are rescued before the tribulation, before things get bad. Mid-trib believe that uh, Christians are rescued in the middle of the seven-year tribulation before the second half when it gets really bad. Post-trib, those who believe that they're rescued after the tribulation, right? These all make sense, right? They kind of describe what they really are doing. And then we have pan-trib. This is for those that don't really know, okay? Uh, it's not a joke. They believe this, that they believe all is going to just pan out in the end. Like, you know, God, I'm a Christian. Uh, God's going to save me one way or another. It'll all work out, pan-trib. What my personal belief is, I believe in pre-trib mostly because of 1 Thessalonians 4.17, the verse that we just read, that, that God in his goodness, harpazo, he rescues us. He takes us away. He snatches us out. He is that good. In fact, Jesus describes it this way. I, I love how he words it in, in Matthew 24. Uh, these are straight from his words. They're written in red if, if, if you have one of those Bibles that show that. And, and I want you to pay careful attention to this because this is how Jesus says it will happen. Starting in the middle of uh, verse 39, chapter 24, Matthew. And they knew, it, um, sorry, <laughs> I almost read the wrong thing. That is how it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. Two men will be in the field. One will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding with a handmill. One will be taken and the other left. And then he continues in verse 44. So you also must be ready because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. Listen, if you are a believer in Jesus, this is really serious stuff that he is returning, that the trumpet will sound and you must be ready. Because it could happen at any time. And when it does, in our context, it might mean this, that two people are sitting at a computer typing away. One is taken and the other is left. A whole family eating dinner at the table together. And three are taken and three are left, right? It could be right now. Maybe you're listening to this driving a car and you have a passenger with you, right? You have two people sitting side by side in a car. One is taken and the other is left. You better hope it's not the driver, right? <laughs> or be prepared, right? Okay, better off would be hopeless both of you. But so be ready, be prepared, right? Be doing the work of the Lord, not with half-hearted, lukewarm Christianity, but be ready. Maranatha, our Lord is coming; He is returning. Okay, there's the return of Jesus. Second, there's the rapture, and the third thing, and to me, this is the most exciting piece of it. It's it's what we call the reunion where Christians will be with God forever. Okay, let's look at what the text says. Uh, let's read verses 17 and 18 again. After that, we are still alive, and our left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. You will be with the Lord forever. Well, what does that mean? Well, to me, it means no more pain, no more sin, no more heartache, no more brokenness, no more disease, no more sickness. No more poverty, no more starving children, no more divorce, no more loneliness, no more cancer. You will be with the Lord forever. And if there's any sort of tear, he will wipe away your tears and you will mourn no more. You will be with the Lord forever. Maranatha, right? Comfort each other with these words. Maranatha, our Lord is coming back. 
So what should we do as if we were living in the end times? Well, if we're truly living in the end times, I would tell you we should do, as Christians, we should dig bunkers, stockpile food and weapons so that if things get bad and someone comes through your house, we can shoot them in the name of Jesus and for the glory of God, right? No, wrong, <laughs> okay? What does Scripture says? That's not right. That's not what it says. Scripture says we should encourage each other with these words. He's coming back. He's coming back to take us away. We should live with an urgency to share his good news. And so I would like to, to finish this episode today with a question. Ready? If Jesus were coming back, um, let's just say you're listening to this on Monday, okay? And he's coming back on Wednesday, okay? We find out he's coming back on Wednesday. So you have Tuesday. How would you live that Tuesday? How would you live for tomorrow? I believe the answer is in the question, right? We would live like Jesus is coming the next day, right? That's how you should live. Not for the lower things of this world, but for the things that matter most. I believe you would worship him. You would live righteously, right? Okay? You would have to share your faith, especially with your friends and family. You don't want them to not go to, to heaven, right? You're like, man, I know Jesus is coming. I better share this, right? You'd be serious about your commitment to Christ, right? You're going to straighten up real quick. And if you haven't made decisions, you're going to make a decision then, right, for Christ? Unfortunately, you know, I'm going to step on some toes when I, when I say uh, what I'm about to say, but there are some of you who are listening today that you are lukewarm, apathetic, worldly, church-going Christians because you've forgotten the good news. You have forgotten the good news. Maranatha, our Lord, is coming. Therefore, we should, we should work for the Lord because you know that your labor for the Lord is, is not in vain, right? You can live a life that, that won't count in eternity, or you can live a life, you know, live for the Lord today, right? You can live for the Lord today. You see, I, I believe there's only two choices. You either live for the Lord or you don't. <laughs> to me, there's no other option, right? You know, there's no third option. Give me plan C, right? And, and here's the deal. We can bring great glory for him and to him if we live for him today. Maranatha, our Lord is coming. And so I'm going to finish with the question. What would you do if you knew Jesus would return tomorrow? This concludes another episode of uh, Venture Podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Uh, we hope that you'll come back next week. Uh, we download a new episode every Monday at uh, 5 p.m. Central. We also want to let you know that we are praying for you each and every day. We'll talk to you soon. If you'd like to know more about Venture Podcast and Chandler Acres Ministries, or you'd like to become a patron, please visit us at chandleracreschurch.com.